What's going on, Defenders? What's the good word? Welcome to episode 102 of Defenders of the Bank. Woo! Now, normally, you hear the excitement in our voices because we enjoy recording. We absolutely love doing this. But on today's episode, our wait, what moment comes early on this podcast, Saturday, June the 20th, we are both, both, both coming to you live from Casa de Nina in Culver City, California for the first time since episode 88, which was recorded on March the 12th. We are in the same room together. Who is in the same room, you ask? Who? Well, it's me, the vocal artiste from the East, Christian Philly Philemon, and with me from a socially distanced six feet away, the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert, the Scarf! Oh man, it is so good. It has been three months and eight days. The last time we recorded in the same room, we're actually more at like a seven or eight foot socially distanced away from each other right now. But my dude, three months, eight days. So good to be back in the same room, ready to record episode 102 of Defenders of the Bank. Dude, it really is good to see you in person and live to think we went 88 episodes without having a clue as to how to record remotely. That's the stuff of technologically incompetent legend. <laughs> but it was a necessity and we did learn something. But it sure is much more fun being in the same room with you as opposed to having to use the likes of Skype, WebEx, and Zoom. Scarf, yes. I learned something else during this process, brother. What's that? You and I are digital dinosaurs, my friend. We need to get with the program. I didn't realize... How antiquated Skype was. Didn't have a clue. Thought it was still a thing. But we had a bunch of guests on our show. Dio, Beta, Sticks, and another surprise guest, which you will learn about next week when that interview drops. But everybody uses Zoom or WebEx. Everybody but Philly and the Scarf. Listen, I have used my share of Zoom, WebEx, Google Meet, and Google Classroom so much over these last couple of months. I cannot wait until it is safe enough to get back out into the real world and record with our guests live. Obviously, teaching these last three months on all those platforms, man, let me tell you, it was brutal. I do not miss doing that. I'm glad we're out. School's out for summer. Very excited that that is the case, and I'm ready for all this to be over, ready for a medical breakthrough, ready for people to really start wearing their masks when they go outside, but that's for a whole different episode. Philly, episode 88, the last time we recorded in person, and it's been a while since we have done a news and notes episode. We've been incredibly lucky, hashtag blessed. Episode 99, our interview with Adama Diamande. Episode 100, when we hit the century mark, it was an incredibly important and special episode with sticks. And then episode 101, it was finally beta time on Defenders of the Bank, three straight episodes where we had guests we really didn't cover a lot of LAFC news and notes this day in LAFC history, or like we already had earlier on the podcast, our wait, what moment, and it was so good to bring that back. You guys will be hearing that a lot more on the rest of our episodes. We do have one more interview episode planned for 103, very exciting, but Philly, it is just good to be back doing this with you in the same room, my friend. Damn straight. I can't help but reiterate how excited I finally am to do this show with my beloved partner in pod, the accumulator of threads, my man, the scarf, Scarfy Scarferson, the madmen, defenders of the whatever the hell you're going to call it down the road. We're back in action, baby. Let's get to it with this day 
in LAFC history. That's right. This day in LAFC history, Philly, you mentioned we are recording Saturday, June 20th. It's a little bit overcast here in the heart of Screenland, <laughs> the city where Wizard of Oz was filmed, Culver City, California. And on June 20th, 2018, LAFC was playing in the Open Cup and LAFC defeated USL side Sacramento Republic in what was a hotly contested match 3-2 at Bank of California Stadium. It was Benny Failhaber. There's a LAFC blast from the past name. Benny Failhaber scoring in the 58th minute. Diego Rossi in the 67th minute. And Latif Blessing with the game winner in the 89th minute as Sacramento Republic picked up four yellows in the 3-2 defeat for their side. LAFC moving on in the Open Cup in 2018. 2019, we also played in an open cup match on the same day june 20th 2019 lafc we went down one nothing before coming back and storming back really to beat san jose 3-1 at bank of california stadium it was diego rossi scoring again while adama diamande and carlos vela in the 85th minute leading the comeback and that was eight saves for pablo cisniega in that match june 20th 2019 june 21st 2019 carlos vela and walker zimmerman named to the 2019 all-star fan 11 that's right named starters in the all-star game last year that would be the second straight year that carlos vela would go on to start an all-star game carlos vela also named to the ea sports fifa 2019 rest of the world team of the season the only mls player named to that squad we got a couple more dates we'll run through real quick on the 22nd in 2018 lafc loaning inaugural team member james murphy to the las vegas lights of the usl who just recently fired u.s men's national team legend eric winalda does that mean we can't pet llamas anymore if he's gone we can probably still go pet llamas but a Apparently, Eric Winalda, shots of tequila. Eric Winalda was running practices when he was told not to. I think that's why he got fired. Ew. And they were running practice, by the way, in a public park. So it's not like people could sit and see what was going on. Anyways, that was June 22nd, 2018. And on June 23rd, 2018, Stephen Betashore becomes the 100th player in MLS history to make his 200th start in a 2-0 win versus the Columbus Crew. And LAFC got their goal scoring out of the way early. It was another free kick goal in 2018 for Laurent Simon in the fourth minute and Adama Diamande in the eighth minute to cap the two nothing win and also on that date June 23rd 2018 Carlos Vela becoming the first LAFC player to score a goal in the world cup burying a PK in a two nothing win over South Korea our apologies to Tigers we love you so much but Vela two nothing win world cup goal 623-18 and that is this day in LAFC history but Philly just in case you're keeping track today would have also added another milestone in LAFC history June 20th 2020 as we are right now supposed to be wrapping up our game north of the border against Montreal taking on Laurent Simon's first MLS club the impact Montreal of course was also once home to 2018 LAFC Team member Callum Malice, who was called, again, the greatest draft pick in Montreal Impact history. Respect. Which means they haven't drafted well in their team's history. But 
That is now the end of this day in LFC history. Philly, we have so much news to cover. We have a bedunkle amount of news to cover. And before we actually get into a lot of the other pertinent LAFC stuff in terms of drafting, in terms of the tournament, in terms of new signings, we should probably cover a little bit of EMLS. Shout out to our buddy Alex Sale, my fellow Hoosier. Scarf, what's going on in EMLS, brother? And if you have the Defenders of the Bank bingo card, it took less than 10 minutes for Philly to mention Indiana on this episode. 7 minutes and 59 seconds if you were watching the radio dial. There you go. So EMLS is coming back to finish out the 2020 season, which should be music to Remy Martin's ears or or controllers or, or whatever it is that it's music to for Remy Martin. Apparently, Philly's half of the episode is sponsored by, what is that there? Uh, Bud Light Chilada. It's the original mix with Clamato. Bud yes, Light. Yes, it tastes Chilada. good, and it's a tall boy. Not 24 ounces, Scarf. 25. That additional one makes it yum. There, there you go. All right. We're trying really hard, apparently, to get sponsored by Bud Light Chalada on this episode. The first step in the final event of the year is the win and you're in last chance qualifier on June 26th. And this is especially important for LAFC's Remy Martin as the winner of that last chance qualifier will meet Remy in the first round of the tournament finals. Remy is on the same side as number one overall ranked fiddle of FCC. That's FC Cincinnati. And that's the only time you'll hear number one overall ranked and FC Cincinnati in the same <laughs> sentence this year. And he's also on the same side as the Whitecaps extra. And we saw Remy fall to extra in a match on Twitch. It was his only loss of the friend leading up to the Fox Sports Tournament. Of course, competitors will be vying for the title as best EA Sports FIFA 20 player in North America and $20,000 in prize money. Remember, EMLS Cup had originally been scheduled to take place at South by Southwest on March 15th before it was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And one more quick thing about Remy Martin, Philly. Remy was recently featured on Sports Illustrated's website in an article by Gabe Zaldivar. Head on over to SI.com to check out the article. A really good article chronicling Remy's rise to representing and being LAFC's first representative in EMLS. But Philly, LAFC Gaming also went global this week, my friend. They went global indeed. Adama Diamande, undefeated at this point, faced off with Queens Park Rangers, 21-year-old forward, Ebere Eze. And when it came to gaming, Scarf, we've watched a lot of these EMLS matchups because yes. for the longest time, it was our only source of entertainment. That's all we had. It didn't get any more fun than watching these boys go at it. Dio fell as much as 3-1 to one in that first game. But he came back to tie it, and then he won 1-0 in the second game, beating Eze 4-3 on aggregates. It was really competitive, it was really exciting, and it was really funny watching those two go at it. Dio claimed that he was a bit rusty to start the match, but he continued his undefeated streak, and I, I think we need to call... Maybe not necessarily keep it global, but maybe we need to call out Ocho Cinco because I know there's been some banter going back and forth. He wants in. Dio wants it. Let's get these two to face, Alex Sale. Adama Diamande and Ocho Cinco. <laughs> and Ocho Cinco, make it happen. And in case you were wondering how and why we did this with QPR. Philly, I have a question for you. How and why did we do this with QPR? Well, look no further than to our club's ownership scarf. One of our owners is the co-chairman of QPR, Ruben Nanalingnam. Thank you. So there you have it. 
Whether or not this was really the result of that relationship, who knows? But I'd say that's a pretty good reason as to why this became connected. What else is going on around the club, Scarf? So much more to talk about in the world of LAFC news and notes, including a first in the club's history, an LAFC Emmy nomination. That's right, an Emmy nomination. LAFC nominated for a local Emmy for their Faces of LAFC episode featuring Lorraine Hammonds. And by the way, it is a tearjerker. Make sure you go on over to LAFC.com. Check out Faces of LAFC, that episode on Lorraine Hammonds and her mother. It is incredible. They were nominated for Best Sports Feature for the local Emmys, Bernard Worrell. We know Bernard Worrell well. We love him. Good luck to Bernard Worrell, executive producer, Mark Stilwell, editor and producer, and Yuli, LAFC Yuli Ulysses Roman for the camera operating. They are up against a Spectrum Sportsnet episode of Backstage Lakers featuring Kobe Carl, or as we call him in Lakers land, the forgotten Kobe, a <laughs> Spectrum Sportsnet Dodgers episode on Fernando Valenzuela, or as we call him in LAFC land, a, a legend, an absolute flip legend, the guy who presented Carlos Vela with his MVP trophy last year. Dude, Fernando Mania, 1981, one of the coolest things ever. Cy Young and Rookie of the Year? That doesn't happen very often. Dude, the guy is, it was just the coolest thing to go back and watch. I wasn't alive in 1981, but Fernando's a legend. Anyways, it's an Angels episode on Tyler Skaggs by Fox Sports West and something on Pac-12 LA that I couldn't exactly figure out what it was. We obviously hope that Bernard, Mark, and Yuli bring home the Emmy, and you can watch it live online at emmys.com on Saturday, July 18th at 7 p.m. So again, congratulations to the Faces of LAFC crew, Bernard, Mark, and Yuli for an Emmy nomination. Philly, LAFC also brought a new player into the fold, not new to the training ground, however, and not new to MLS. Not at all. We signed Andy Nahar. He was training with our club back in February, and there was speculation that we would be adding him to the roster. But John Thorrington put the kibosh on that. Or did he? Now you ask, (laughs) how this might have been as a result of the allocation order? Well, February 26th, so clearly this deal was in the works a while ago. February 26th, we had a trade with Nashville SC, and that's how it happened, folks. Now, Andy is not new to this league. In fact, in 2010, he was the MLS Rookie of the Year with DC United. Two seasons in the District of Columbia scarf. The man had 10 goals and 11 assists. He was a homegrown signing. And the beautiful thing, he's got versatility in his game. He played the right wing, and he plays right back as well. His success on the pitch here in MLS and the fact that he was, what, 17 when he won the Rookie of the Year? He took a contract in 2013 to go over to Anderlecht. Originally, he was on loan, but there was a transfer fee in the amount of $3 million that made that deal happen. The kid played in 126 games in Belgium, scoring 11 goals. He even played in the Champions League. We don't have many players that can claim that, but we do have this kid claiming that he can't do that. And he's actually not only the first signing that we've had recently that's come over from Europe that's played in the Champions League. A goalkeeper by the name of Kenneth Vermeer also has that accolade. But here's the best part, Scarf. Yes, for you, this is the best part. Be careful. You may sleep on the couch. I may offend my wife, but Andy Nahar, in his Champions League match, in one of them anyway, he scored a goal against my wife's favorite club. Outside of LAFC, of course. Arsenal, yes. Arsenal, unfortunately, Anderlecht lost that game 2-1. to one, But it was a nice way to go, <laughs> to my wife. I probably will be sleeping on the couch scarf. But that's his club accolades. 
Scarf, he also played in Honduras from 2011 with 36 games and four goals. What did he do in his time there, bro? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, as we're going to get into in just a little bit, he hasn't represented Honduras in a little while because of his injury history. But his time with Honduras has actually been pretty memorable. He was a 19-year-old playing on that 2012 Honduras squad that made it to the knockout round of the Olympics. And knockout they did in the Olympic qualifying tournament. That This is, by the way, Philly, I'm talking about the Olympics... Not, not the Olympic qualifiers that the U.S. couldn't even get out of, like the actual Olympics where you can play for medals and stuff that, mm. that the U.S. hasn't been in. At least they weren't in in 2012. You know, the actual Olympics in the group play stage, they tied Morocco and Japan, and then they came away with a huge one nothing defeat of Spain in the Olympics, knocking Spain out of the tournament, the same team that won the 2011 U21 tournament in preparation for the Olympics, Spain out. And Honduras also almost upsets, and it would have been a huge upset of Brazil in their first round of the knockout stage. They were actually up 2-1 at one point, but unfortunately, Honduras going down to nine men against Brazil, losing. Brazil would go on, of course, to win the silver medal, or should I say lose the gold medal Hmm. to 2012's Mexico squad. That's right. All of our listeners out there who follow L3, the 2012 Olympic gold medal winning Mexico beat Brazil, who Honduras fell to. Andy Nahar started all three matches in the group stage playing the full 90 in two of them so in 2011 2012 2013 Andy Nahar looked at with a bright future on the Honduras national team but Philly you mentioned it I believe you compared him what 20 episodes ago or so to Derek Rose with his injury history talk to us about Andy Nahar and his not not necessarily the Achilles heel but uh what you got there on his injury record (laughs) well it's funny you should say that because the Achilles heel on this one and I say that very intentionally very tongue-in-cheek is like you alluded to his track record of injuries he missed last season with a cruciate ligament rupture out for 216 days But it didn't end there. It didn't even begin there. It began even earlier than that. 2017-2018, slash he was out 271 days with a hamstring and thigh problems. 2016-17, slash he had the first bit of the uh, cruciate knee injury. He had a hamstring problem. He had thigh problems out 277 days. He's been hurt quite a bit for a man who is, what, 27 years of age? We're kind of surprised that he ended up coming on this roster. When John Thorrington said he was only training, we really thought the kid was getting into shape. But now we realize that John Thorrington wasn't necessarily... He's being a little cheeky. We have Eddie Nahar, and the kid has talent, and the kid's proven it, not only domestically, but internationally as well. Again, scoring a Champions League goal against Arsenal, for Christ's sakes. But his history of injuries is scary. I doubt he's going to start. Maybe he works his way into the lineup, but he certainly adds a lot more depth coming off the bench. I don't think he's going to start anytime soon, Scarf. But he does have experience. He does have knowledge, and it could be something to where he could be a huge asset in our back line. I doubt they're going to place him in the midfield with all the talent that we have. Despite his versatility, Andy Nahar at right back. I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, probably all but assures the fact that we're not going to see Stephen Bateshore back on our team anytime soon. All right, so I was taught very early on that if you're going to say something negative about somebody, you should probably sandwich it in between two positive things. I like sandwiches. so, So I love sandwiches. So I'm going to start with one of the positive things. Number one, 
I think we are right to question his injury history, but the one thing that, that you and I have both alluded to now is that he has been training with LAFC for months. So John Thorrington, Bob Bradley, all the coaching staff, uh, all of the front office staff, they've been able to see Andy Nahar up close and personal for the last few months. So I'm hoping, hoping that what they see there, the injury history and the way that his body is responding, he is only 27 years old, so that could be a good thing. And that's, and that's the end of the one slice of bread on my sandwich. Here comes my negative meat, if you will. And by the way, negative meat, I think, opening at the Troubadour when they finally open back up again. <laughs> so my, my earlier... Part of the hardcore scene. There you go. <laughs> my earlier rant episodes back was Joao Moutinho versus Mohamed El Munir. And I was super upset when we made the Joao Moutinho trade. And eventually, and with one quick play where Mohamed El Munir scored on four different defenders, and then another amazing play where Mohamed El Munir stopped Albert Elise from scoring a sure goal, I am now 100%, 100% of the time on Team Mohamed El Munir. So sorry, Joao. But a new battle is brewing in the scarf's head. That's right, you mentioned him. 33-year-old fan favorite and guest on episode 101, Stephen Betashore versus 27-year-old challenger, Andy Nahar. Here's my deal. I love beta. But Philly, let me play a little trivia game with you. You had me at sandwich. There you go. On our right side, for many games this season, we had Dayon Djakovic and Jordan Harvey out there on the pitch. Yes. We could potentially see Tristan Blackman moving over into one of the central defender roles, and Andy Nahar out there. Of course, it could be Mohamed Omanir. Of course, it could be Chiki Palacios. We've got a lot of defensive options. But let's just say, Philly, it's Andy Nahar and Tristan Blackman instead of Jordan Harvey, who we love so much, and Dayon Djakovic, the surprise starter in the wake of the Walker Zimmerman trade. The combined age of Jordan Harvey and Dayon Djakovic. Philly, how many years older do you think they are combined than Andy Nahar and Tristan Blackman. Oh, geez. Um, in the league for a while, add a couple, carry over the remainder. Yikes. 60? 60 years total in age. Okay. No, I'm going to ask you to raise your, your number by a little bit. 66. Raise that number by four more. 70? They are a combined 70 years old. and Andy Nahar and Tristan Blackman Philly are a combined 50, a.k.a. Ferrari, 50 years old. That is a 20-year age difference, Philly, with those two on the pitch. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's... Boom. Yeah, that's now, that's an eye-opener and a jaw-dropper, too. Now, I know, Philly, What's our combined age? I, <laughs> we're not going to get into that right now. Are we we're, seeing triple digits yet? No. We're, we're older than the combined ages of Jordan Harvey and Dayon Djakovic, that's for sure, <laughs> which is kind of a scary thought. But, Philly... If we have a chance to get 20 years younger on the pitch, 20 years younger, and then you add in guys like Cheeky Palacios, Mohamed Elmonir, these are guys that are young. LAFC just theoretically got so much younger and set for the future. This could also, Philly, be a prove-it deal. We hear about prove-it deals all the time. Dwight Howard signed one for the Lakers this year, and he was absolutely making good on his prove-it deal. Maybe this is a prove-it deal for Andy Nahar. Maybe this is his one last chance at a starting role on a powerful squad that has cup aspirations, which is certainly what LAFC does. Having a 27-year-old back there with the national experience that he does with Honduras, with the European experience that he has with Anderlecht, 
This could be another one of those excellent moves by John Thorington and Will Koontz making our team younger. I just worry that we gave up the number one spot in the allocation order when other guys may become available. But look, I will reserve judgment as I always do while still making the caveat that I know I don't see a spot for him to play. I don't get where he would fit on the roster, but bring back Beta. Look, opinions are like beep. Everybody has one, and clearly we have ours as well. But John Thorrington, Will Kuntz, our technical staff, they've done a really good job bringing in talent. <laughs> and now I know going forward that if John Thorrington claims that somebody who's training with the team, oh, we don't have any interest, I will probably question that. <laughs> That's definitely something that I've learned in this process. Now, I'm with you, man. Andy Nahar could be really good. My only fear is he's had the amount of injuries that somebody our age would have. In fact, I have had less injuries, albeit me not being a professional athlete. I'm a desk jockey. Wait a minute, guys. Breaking news. You just heard it here. <laughs> Philly is not a professional athlete. Sorry. I wish. God, I would, <laughs> I, it would have been. It, you know what? It would have been cool to have been a professional cornhole player. That's even gotten national exposure lately. I think we still have a chance at that one. Yeah, well, athletic, well athletically, we have the shot at being bowlers, my friend. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's going to happen. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see again. We have more depth, and this is only a good thing. But that let's let's move on to the next topic. Smooth we, segues with Defenders of the Bank. Always a smooth segue with Defenders of the Bank. Anyway, let's get into the big news. The fact that MLS is back. That's what they call the tournament. I can't believe there's a marketing firm or a focus group or somebody that got paid an awful lot of money to come up with a name that somebody four years of age or possibly a little older could have been more creative with. But despite all that... MLS is back. That's a tournament. Now, here are a couple quick facts for you. The tournament is going to begin July the 8th and is going to go on until August the 11th. In that time frame, defenders, we're going to have 54 matches. 54. 39 group stage, 15 knockout rounds, 26 match days. The format is going to be like the World Cup. You're going to have a group stage. You're going to have a round of 16. You're going to have quarterfinals. You're going to have semifinals. And you're going to have a championship match. The minimum matches, three per club. The maximum matches, seven per finalist. And these games are going to be scattered throughout the course of the day. We're going to tell you the time for Pacific Standard because Lord knows sometimes the math in the head doesn't work. And that goes for me. I'm talking about me. I got to think, oh, I'm I'm not in the East Coast anymore. I got to subtract three. All right. 6 a.m. they're going to be matches. 5 p.m. they're going to be matches. 7.30 they're going to be matches. And to me, this is the most glorious thing possible. July 8th till August 11th, 54 matches. We are not going to get bored defenders. We're going to have so much football to watch. Now, a lot of you have been asking, is this going to crown the MLS Cup champion? No. Nine. Yet. No, that's not going to be the case because the season is going to continue after this. These are going to count as regular season matches. The winner of this tournament is going to go on to the CONCACAF Champions League for next season. I'm sure your next question is, well, what about this season's CONCACAF Champions League? Well, my answer to you is, I don't know. I'm in the dark. Scarf is in the dark. We're all in the dark with this one. To be determined. But there's also money on the line. Bottom line is this. We're getting football back. And they're going to be playing in Orlando. Scarf. Yes. Every team, all these players, technical staff, whoever's coming down, they're going to be staying at the wonderful Swan and Dolphin Resort. I took the liberty of doing a virtual tour. Yes. 
I think the next time I go to the wonderful world of the Mouse House in Orlando, that wouldn't be a bad place to stay. There's so many cool amenities, so many cool things to do, but this isn't a vacation trip scarf. No, this, this is, is a, a this is a business trip. Like business they like trip. To say. Strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. Look, here's the thing. The first three matches, like you mentioned, every team guaranteed three matches. Those three matches, their points, however many you accumulate. So in the case of FC Cincinnati, maybe none. However many <laughs> points you accumulate in those first three, that'll go towards regular season MLS standings. And you mentioned it. The winner of this tournament, which I am affectionately calling the COVID Cup, the winner of the COVID Cup does get a berth in the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League. So that's going to be kind of fun to see. Obviously now something on the line for everybody. You mentioned it. Matches at 6 a.m., 5 p.m., and 7.30. Philly, I have a sneaky suspicion that none of our group stage matches are going to be at 6 a.m. because we are all matched up with West Coast teams, which we'll talk about those in just a second. Or I shouldn't say West Coast. I guess I should say Western Conference teams because Houston is certainly not in the West Coast. But that being said, Philly, we have so much more that we need to learn about what is going to happen here in this tournament before things begin. First of all, like they've mentioned, Orlando has had a huge spike in COVID-19 cases. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, just what, yesterday or the day before, Major League Baseball shutting down all spring training facilities in both Arizona and Florida in light of these spikes of coronavirus cases. So, look, a lot has to happen between now and July 8th for these teams and their entourages to feel safe. But here's the deal. You're absolutely right. Full team training, what just began, what, on the 15th? Yeah, we just got clear to do it this past Monday. So, and this is LA, right? There have been other teams that have been in full team training for about a week, maybe 10 days longer than we have been. We have so many more questions to answer. And by the way, we are going to talk about this tournament before it begins on a later episode of Defenders of the Bank. First of all, we need to know our schedule. We don't yet know our yeah, schedule. Yeah, we don't know it. We know the teams we're going to play, and we'll highlight those in just a second. We also don't know if, oh, I don't know, minor detail, Carlos Vela is going to play in the tournament. That is a huge if for LAFC and for Major League Soccer in general. Yes, the reigning MVP. Yes, possibly CONCACAF's best player. And oh, by the way, a huge television draw, which is apparently the reason why they're putting this tournament on in the first place, so that the COVID Cup can be watched on television. So that being said, and oh, by the way, the second biggest name in the Western Conference, Chicha, you guys all might have heard of him. Even though he's not scoring goals for Carson, people still tune in to watch. It was brought out today in the news that Chicha may not even play in this tournament. So many things to figure out before this tournament begins, but Philly, You are absolutely right. It will be exciting to talk about LAFC actually playing football. And look, I've said it once before on the episode we did just recently on 110 football. Let's say Carlos Vela plays or doesn't play. It doesn't matter because I think this is going to be the coming out party. Finally, please finally make me right. For Raito, Brian Rodriguez, my prediction right here. This is right. Scarf Stradamus coming back, baby. Now that we're back in action, you and I together across the same table, socially distant podcasting. My prediction, your golden boot winner for the COVID Cup is going to be not Carlos Vela, not Diego Rossi, not Adama Diamande, not even the now healthy Bradley Wright Phillips. It is going to be Raito, Brian Rodriguez. I, I love it. 
I hope the Skarstradamus comes out right. It would be fantastic. He's obviously good at scoring goals behind closed doors. We heard about that during preseason. He scored a lot of goals in that situation. We hope that this comes true. Raito's good. He's really good. And I know there's a lot of you folks out there in black and gold land that don't feel that way, that he hasn't shown what he's worth, that, you know, we're tired of hearing about the potential, but I'm with you, Scarf. I'm not even going to, like, try to, like, upstage you and get a, give you a hot take. This could be <laughs> what we need to see. And let's get into, like, the, the draft itself. The draft meaning who we faced. I, you couldn't write a better script. Oh, Hollywood it. couldn't write a better script. The football gods in Major League Soccer have been really, really kind to us. Why? Because of this draft. Now, we don't know the schedule, but we do know the three teams that we're going to face. It was on YouTube, MLSsoccer.com, the whole shebang. The first draw done by our buddy Mark Rojas. Shout out to Mark Rojas. The first pick. (laughs) Wow. And a lot of you probably think this, there's no way this could have been legit. Who cares at the end of the day? We picked the Carson Galaxy. Are you kidding me? The biggest rivalry, the biggest match, the biggest everything in this league. He picks them as the first ball. Awesome. I don't care if it's rigged. Do you care if it's rigged? I don't care if it's rigged. Philly, I have said and you have said from day one, it doesn't matter whether we're playing in a friendly in the middle of Dignity Health Sports Park or we are playing for the MLS Cup Final. I want Carson any chance I get. And I could not have been happier, Philly, that Mark Rojas, from whatever system he used to determine that first pick, drew, I believe it was, what, number seven? Was it seven or four? I forget. It doesn't matter Matter. what number it was. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Because we drew Carson. And oh, my goodness. How nice will it be for the second major tournament in a row whether it's the playoff tournament last year or whether it's the covid cup this year we are going to knock carson from the covid cup it's just look poetic justice philly we don't need to hype up any of the three teams by the way that we drew but let me let me talk about the second one because i think this one might need the most hype only because i think we care about them least of the three however if you go back and look at the 2018 U.S. Open Cup, ah, this wanna, team, wanna, don't you wanna, 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 uh, don't you wanna, Fanta, so Fanta, Houston, Fanta, Fanta, Houston. Sorry. <laughs> I believe you are comparing them to the Orange Fanta, which I appreciate. I was in a public space. I believe I was at a Weezer concert when this was going on. I was Say it ain't so. Right. Oh, God. He just did that out loud. <laughs> I was watching the I'm match on my phone <laughs> while it was going on, and Laurent Simon and Latif Blessing miss PKs against Houston after Diego Rossi brought us all the way back with a Herculean effort from our striker, Diego Rossi. And then for Simon and Latif to miss the PKs, I shouted in a room full of people, forgetting I was in a room full of people. I was very, very upset. Didn't Rivers Cuomo give you a dirty look? No, Rivers was on stage. He could care less what was going on at the time. (laughs) But everybody in that little side bar that I was at literally jumped and turned around because I might have as well yelled like fire in a crowded room. I was so upset. And I couldn't believe that we had lost to a team that we should have absolutely annihilated in the 2018 U.S. Open Cup. So you know what? I don't like the human highlighters from Houston. I don't like 
like the bright orange. The only thing I liked about Houston last year was that Christian Ramirez, while he was on Houston, came back out from the locker room to watch the Supporters' Shield presentation because that's who we won the Supporters' Shield by playing last year. So if you ask me, Houston has a lot more motivation than we do because the last time they played us in a match, Philly, we were celebrating the Supporters' Shield. No doubt. No doubt at all. And... First-year coach for Houston, Tab Ramos, is going to have an unbelievable task to make his team competitive. But between the two teams you had mentioned, I can't say I'm even worried about them. I can't say you or the millions. And millions. So nice to actually say this without some kind of delayed stream situation (laughs) going on. But the team that I think is going to give us the biggest, biggest task in this round of the tournament are the pesky pine trees of Portland. Why? Because... They have a pretty decent preseason schedule that got them ready. They spent the first three games of the preseason down in Costa Rica, beating teams like Saprisa, another CONCACAF Champions League club. They went out there and battled seven games in the preseason. They only lost one. And that was to Minnesota United, who in fact, they ended up losing two again in their home opener. We don't have one Chara. Now we have his brother. We got two Charas on the team. So if one Chara plays dirty, I guarantee you the other Chara isn't exactly going to be a, hi, how you doing? I'm not as mean as my brother kind of guy. I doubt that that's the case at all. That's going to be the team that I feel that we are going to have to beat. Look, the Galaxy couldn't get their ish together throughout the early parts of the season. Actually, for the most part, neither, neither could Portland or Houston. And we kind of had a little bit of a flub with the tie against Philly, but that's early stuff. The loss of Katai, and for good reasons, because of his racist wife, he was the only player on their club that actually played decent. A guy who had, what, more offensive threats? He hit the post more times than Chicharito did. I'm not worried about the Galaxy. I'm not worried about Fanta or the Orange Crust or Sunkist, or whatever the hell you want to call them. I am more worried about the pesky pine trees of Portland. That's the team who I think is going to give us some level of competition, but either way, we're going to throw them out the same way you throw out your air tree refresher and once it goes stale, boom, done, out of the car, <laughs> into the trash, that's where you belong. Look, I don't care if it's Diego Chara or Yimmy Chara, his brother, the 23-year-old that now plays for them, Jeremy Abobasi. We're going to talk about all these guys at our next episode when we cover the MLS is back tournament. I can't call it that. I'm calling it the COVID Cup, and I don't care. But here's my thing. Who do I fear in this tournament? I fear one team out of the entire tournament, and that's LAFC. I fear us because, in my opinion, Carlos Vela or no Carlos Vela, We are by far the most stacked team in Major League Soccer. Look at our offense. Look at our front line. Who else can boast a player like Carlos Vela? Nobody. But let's say we don't have Carlos Vela. All right, so instead of bringing in Jordan, we're bringing in Scottie Pippen with Diego Rossi, one of the premier goal scorers in CONCACAF across the entire division. This will be, and man, am I going to get roasted after the tournament if this doesn't happen. But you know what? I'm going to die on that hill. For all of you listeners, defenders out there, please feel free to at me when I am wrong. But you better make sure you at me as well after I'm right about Brian Rodriguez. And oh, by the way, if Carlos doesn't play, more time for Adama Diamande. More more time to watch the legend Bradley Wright Phillips do his thing. More time to watch the young kids get a chance to play. We're going to get to see Pancho Ginella. 
We're going to get a chance to see Sifu, Jose Sinfuentes. We're going to get a chance to see Cheeky, Diego Palacios. We're going to get a chance to see 19-year-old former Barca man, Bryce Duke. Woohoo! I can't wait to see these young guys. Let's just say that LAFC decides to play the young guys, to get experience, and to do what we can to survive and advance in the COVID Cup instead of really trying to win it, which, by the way, I don't think we're going to do. But even if they do that, Philly, Getting the chance to see all the young guys, getting the chance to see all these new permutations of the most talented team in Major League Soccer history. This is going to be so much fun, and the only team that can stop us wears black and gold. That's ourselves, my friend. That's a good take. Now, I wrote a whole thing, a whole bunch of stuff that unfortunately we're going to have to table. Not unfortunately, fortunately for all y'all, because the millions and millions are going to appreciate this information. But our analysis, my analysis, the players to watch out for on LAFC. You know who I picked, Scarf? I do because I have the notes, but I'm going to let you say it. Everyone. Beware of everyone. Yes, I said it. Every single player on our roster is a threat. I can't say the same for Fanta. I can't say the same for the pesky pine trees, and I most certainly can't say the same for the team down the 110, a team that, you know what, shall not go named because we don't like them. That's it. Players to watch out for in the black and gold? Everyone. I love it. It's going to be exciting. Look, the, the other thing, Philly, that you and I have already talked about, we'll talk about it one more time. How nice will it be to just watch Major League Soccer on television you know, shout out to everybody from LAFC's organization that's going down there. And I don't know if we're allowed to name names, but we know at least a couple of people that are going down there to represent LAFC and really handle things for the entire MLS the way that we do. But it is going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. And I can't wait, Philly, when we do our breakdown of all the rosters and the tournament and everything else in just a couple of weeks before the tournament starts. We're going to wait till after the draw is scheduled. And we're going to wait until after Carlos Vela decides what he is doing. But I, it's just we have something to look forward to, Philly. That light at the end of the tunnel is no longer an oncoming train. It's actually football that we are going to be able to watch at the House of the Mouse, the COVID Cup, the MLS is back tournament. Group F, and I'm glad they called it Group F. Why? Because we don't give an F who's in our group. We don't give an F who we face. We're going to F everybody up. I said it via Instagram and Twitter. It feels even better to say it on this Audio Technica 2020 microphone. We don't give an F at all. We are going to F all of you up. And if you don't believe me, and you're an LAFC supporter, and you're a listener to the pod, ciao. We're going to have everybody up, Scarf. A little bit of normality. I, I, I can't wait. I don't even care that it's called the MLS is back. It's a, it's, it's a lousy name. I don't even care if we would have gotten into a group with the Colorado Rapids and FC Dallas. It could have been a snooze fest. But this is the best possible scenario Having Sporting Kansas City and Seattle in the same group would have been super cool because we've said it a thousand times. Ric Flair said it a thousand times. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And we're eventually going to beat the man. But I'm going to tell you my uh, my, my early predictions for who's going to come out of the East. You oh, ready? We're doing this now. All right. FC Cincinnati. <laughs> so that was Philly, jokes. We're not really doing that. Philly is apparently on drugs. That absence shot was really, really tasty. No, I'm kidding. I, it was just a, a, a nice detractor from what we're really going to get down to. But there's so much more information, so many more details. 
we want to highlight all the other teams and all the other groups, who we feel is going to come out, the players to watch, but we're going to save that information for you defenders for another podcast. Scarf, are we going to harp on this anymore or are we going to move to another topic? No, I think we're going to move on to the thing that I know you have started quite a bit. We've only got a couple more topics here to address on episode 102. This is 102. This is 102. My goodness, that's a lot of episodes. Philly, you have recently gotten into cycling just a little bit. And, you know, you are now pretty much representing both of the major LAFC fitness clubs out there. We've got the Black and Gold Running Club, and we love them so much. Or I should say, Philly does a lot more to support them than I do. I will gladly like their posts. Not so much of the runner, though, is the scarf. And now the heart of LA Cycling Club, Philly. They're, they're relatively new on the Instagram, I think, right? They've just kind of popped up over the course of this quarantine, and you have definitely gotten more into the cycling bug as well. Why don't you tell our listeners real quick about the Heart of LA Cycling Club? Oh, absolutely. Real quick, I mean, I've been into cycling for a while. I, I, I just just more recently that I started posting about it. The Heart of LA Cycling Club is a beautiful group that just got formed recently. If you're into cycling, I would highly recommend you check them out on Instagram. The actual first collective ride took place today, Saturday, June the 20th. Now, if you're into cycling, if you like to run but you've got bad knees, if you have a bike, it doesn't matter your fitness level, doesn't matter what kind of bike, you want to get out there and exercise, we once again have another group that is out there For the greater good, LAFC being a force for good, every group that's been created as a result of LAFC organically is a force for greater good. The Heart of LA Cycling Club is no different. Check them out. We got a running club. Shout out to Neil. We love you. Shout out to the Cycling Club. Scarf, in fact, I really think the idea of a swim club, you should be the chairman of that ad hoc committee because you swam at a very competitive level, brother. Once we have that club in place, we have a running club in place, we have a cycling club in place, it's only a matter of time before we have a triathlon and an Ironman black and gold club. Again, LAFC being a force for greater good. Scarf, I put it upon you, my brother, my partner in pod. Start the black and gold swim team, bro. All right, so you're trying to pander to my heart by mentioning swimming and Latin ad hoc there. I caught that there in the same sentence. And I will now politely decline. No, sir. I have way too much going on in my life to start the black and gold swim team. However, this being said, if they do start a black and gold swim team, there is no better reason for the scarf to lessen the bulge around the belly than to be part of the black and gold swim team. I will totally do it if somebody wants to start it. I will I will be there 100%. You got me. I'm in. Not going to start it. Don't have the time. Philly, I don't know if you know this or not, but we do run a podcast and it does take up a lot of our time. And and by the way, I, I don't need to spend any you know less time with the significant others in my life. They're already upset enough at me as it is. Philly. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean others, plural? My parents and Nina. Ah, <laughs> Caught you on a it's, technicality. No, it's 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 the COVID cup, my friend. And let me tell you, the ever since we've been locked up in quarantine, you know, I've been I've been helping out my parents, doing everything I could for my parents. They are seventy seven. My dad turned seventy eight in August, 
And all three of us at the Scarf Compound in Lawndale are now climbing the walls. I think they are ready to see less of me. So maybe the LAFC swim team might be a good thing. And I know, you know, we all just need our space. I think at this point, it's been, what, over 90 plus days since we've it's been. The longest march in, ever. In, I know, right? This is, this is the worst two weeks of my life. And it keeps, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day. It just <laughs> keeps going on and on and on. But you know what? That brings up something pretty good, Philly. COVID testing in Expo Park ending June 30th in the green lot, formerly known as Lot 6. And I have no idea what they're going to call these lots or name these lots once we get back to Bank of California Stadium. I mean, Christmas Tree Lane doesn't even have Christmas trees anymore. We, we, we're not going to be called Bank of California Stadium. No, you're absolutely right. Cats That'll be a dogs. fun game to play, by the way. Defenders of the what? Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria! I don't know what's going on. So don't forget the COVID testing ends June 30th. Expo Park hosting free COVID-19 testing. The first step is to visit the Expo Park testing website, and there you'll find an online screener. And after completing the screener, if you're approved, you'll be able to make an appointment for your test. And tests are completed in the Expo Park green lot. Again, formerly lot six. Those tests end June 30th. 30th but philly before the mls is back tournament covid cup before all that starts the first north american professional soccer league to begin doesn't involve the boys we are very excited there have been some interesting developments around the nwsl these last couple of days or so the nwsl starting on june 27th philly the first north american professional soccer league to go ahead and start and it's going to be interesting we had a lot of our fans that were really pushing for nwsl to la in relation to lafc and we could not think of a better ambassador and reason to bring it to la actually la not carson than having mia ham as part of your ownership board, right? But it looks like, Philly, that NWSL to LA might need to change its name to possibly NWSL and Carson. What do you think? So the story goes that, and this is off a Kevin Baxter article, which if the one thing, he, I respect him as a writer, but he talks an awful lot about the Galaxy. He goes an awful lot on the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. So he'll spin a lot of things towards that club down the 110. And basically what he said was, LAFC denies it. Carson doesn't ex- doesn't approve or deny it. They don't say anything. They're keeping kind of mum about it. But I'm going to be optimistic, Scarf. I'm going to say that LAFC is playing the John Thorrington card, indicating that this isn't going to happen when in reality it possibly is. But that's going to put a very interesting interesting scenario in, in the mix for the supporters. One thing we could probably all say for sure is the fact that a team, a women's team in L.A., there needs to be some type of coexistence between Carson and with us. But if Carson takes full ownership of this, if the games are played at Dignity Health Sports Park, if the colors are what Carson represents, they're basically going to be isolating themselves. They're going to be segmenting themselves. They potentially could lose out on a significant number of supporters. 
There, we don't know the answer for this yet. We don't want to cause any kind of hysteria, but this is our speculation. We want there to be an NWSL team in LA. We want that to be affiliated with LAFC in whatever way possible. We'd really love that to be played at Bank of California Stadium, and you know what? I'd be happy to shell out more money for season tickets. But if it goes down to Carson and they claim all of it, I'm just going to be a Portland Thorns fan, Scarf. Not going to lie. Right off the bat, I am telling you, I will be a Portland Thorns fan if everything in terms of a NWSL women's team heads down to Carson. If they claim them, if they go selfish and claim the entire thing and leave us out of it, Portland Thorns all the way, baby. Look, here's the thing. You and I had the incredible experience of attending the first Portland Thorns match in the new Providence Park the day after LAFC helped Portland open Providence Park with a Portland loss. And it was a really fun match to attend. And let me tell you, there were more Portland Thorns jerseys that day at the Portland Thorns game than there were Portland Timbers jerseys at the Timbers game. That was really impressive. 19,000 people strong. Unbelievable. For a Portland Thorns game. But here's what I will say. I am all for the NWSL expanding. I am all for women's professional soccer and the opportunity that we get by being able to watch them. And and I'm not going to lie. I might go down to Carson and check out a game so I can watch NWSL in LA adjacent. Not quite LA. But here's what I will say. It'd be a huge misstep for the NWSL as a league to not recognize the incredible movement that has gone on since 2014 in October when LAFC became a major league soccer team. Very, very exciting stuff to have NWSL at least rumored to come near LA. But Philly, I want to bring up one other team that I don't think you thought we would mention. You affectionately call them the New Jersey energy drinks. But the New Jersey energy drinks did something pretty incredible today on social media. They called for the other major league soccer teams to join the petition started by LAFC in what was an incredible move and just another point of the social change that we are seeing, not just as part of the Black Lives Matter movement, but as part of recognizing something nationally that should have been recognized a long, long time ago. LAFC Philly starting the petition for Juneteenth, which of course was celebrated yesterday, June 19th. And honestly, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, because our president apparently didn't know what it was until he was told by one of his young African-American Secret Service members, as he says on his own Twitter, even though, by the way, his office tweeted about it every single year that he's been in office on June 19th. That's neither here nor there. I'm going to leave my political statements out of it. But I couldn't think of something I am more proud of of this club, Philly, than what the Red Bulls decided to join in LAFC's petition for Juneteenth to be recognized as a national holiday. No, it's a beautiful thing. We are so thrilled to be and proud to be associated with a club that is out there for the greater good. And yeah, as much flack as we've given the New Jersey energy drinks, it is pretty cool that we stand together in order for this to happen. Yes, it's long overdue. Juneteenth, LAFC. Sign that petition if you haven't seen it. We've posted about it on Defenders of the Bank. The club has it on their website. Sign that petition. Make Juneteenth a federal holiday because Lord knows it deserves to be. Absolutely, Philly. Episode 102? Is it really 102? 102! Yes. My goodness. That was actually, I think, the last... 
101 Dalmatians film, right? Didn't they do 102 or was there 103 as no, well? Oh, geez. There are, there are a lot of puppies. I don't right. know. I lost there, track. There, there are a lot of spots, a lot of as puppies. As my wife would say, there's no such thing as too many puppies. There you go. Well, Philly, this, we've been right across from each other the whole time. We're actually able to, to look at each other and to figure out a little bit better timing on some things. We don't <laughs> have the, the delay that we've had for forever on all of this. That sucked, man. It is so much fun. To be able to sit down and record with you, especially as the fire trucks roll by here in the heart of Screenland, beautiful Culver City, California. You can hear Ike barking in the background. The girls forgot that we were recording and decided to talk a whole bunch. It has been a classic <laughs> Defenders of the Bank episode. Family here- together, baby! <laughs> That's right. Here on episode 102. And you guys know how we like to end these episodes. And it's going to sound even better now that we're together. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.